Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And they're going out and they know this might be the last time because they're getting old. Oh, they, they set controls for Heart of the Sun, which shows their age, which <laughs> makes me laugh every single time because I freaking hate that. <laughs> That's the Pink Floyd song, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the And like the the like 68, like the, you're the Pink Floyd you hate the most. Oh, I yeah. hate that so much. But <laughs> yeah. It makes me laugh really hard that they're going to go out and that's what they listen to. Anyhow, yeah, it's great. got all these like little nice touches to that. And then what are they hoping for? He just wants to see all his friends. That's yeah. it. Like it's such a beautiful feeling to it. 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. Fellas, no more uh, chit chat. We're minimizing chit chat on this podcast. Uh, we are now here. Chit chat makes you Wait. weak. I think we can agree on that. Chit chat makes minute. you weak. Do you think people are actually tuning in for the insight? I assume they they come for the insight and stay for the chit chat. I don't I don't think our chit chat is, is carrying us. Although that's too bad because I brought a whole bunch of medical dossiers to, to share. <laughs> We've got a fan uh, wrote us a really nice uh, comment on our Facebook page. Uh, he said he's a little older than us. So, you know, I, I think his his music knowledge is predates ours, perhaps. Um, but I wanted to read you the end of his comment that I thought was really important for us to hear. He says great stuff. And then he says, by the way, just listen to 98 and 99. Car wheels on a gravel road, another huge favorite. Uh, someone referenced Amy Mann, still another favorite artist. I wish the episodes were longer. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that's the only person. That's the only person. That's great. My daughter's like, I can't believe you keep going over an hour. How can you do that? I'm like, well, Paul wants us to, child. That's so the amazing. last... If we go over an hour, all those bonus minutes are just for Paul. <laughs> Everybody else can feel free to stop listening. Well, welcome everyone to 2007. Uh, uh, doesn't seem possible. On the podcast. Guys, only, yeah, only 13 episodes to go. That's nuts. No, but then we're going to, we're going to remix it. It's all going to be good. Yeah. After that, Timmy, it'll just be nothing but special episodes about your favorite kid songs. Just <laughs> <laughs> do that every week. Every week, Take we'll it. do it up. We'll just do episodes called "Songs Tim Accidentally Heard This Week," which were good. <laughs> Let's go right <laughs> into our Grammy winner, Jeff Simons, 2007. Here we go. Go. It's the Grammy winner. Rehab by Amy Winehouse. They tried to make me go to rehab. Ooh. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. I ain't got the time, and if my daddy thinks I'm fine, just try to make me go to rehab, I won't go. Good song. Yeah, it that's is. a Grammy winner. I guess because it sounds like the fifties. They were like, sure, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. That's a song that made old Grammy voters feel cool again, right? So, um, I uh, um, I was really into that record, um, and a bunch of our, my friends were really into that record. 
And then I was just heartbroken when she died. Yeah. I was, uh, oh. And then I was like, you know, when you, your lead single is, uh, they try to be going to rehab and I say, no, 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 that's, you know, she's like, she's telling you who she is pretty much. Yeah. Like, yeah we're yeah. headed in the wrong Super direction there. I really, really, it's like one of those things where I was like, oh, couldn't it be an act? Why not just have it be an act? I know. I'm with you on that. It was, I, uh, and I was a little slower to it. Like I love the sound of the record because I love those old records, but I I'll admit I had to work through a little bit of like, this is so nostalgic as to be imitative. And then I got over it. The songs are great. She's a killer singer. And then I was also just such a sad story. I can't bring myself to watch the Amy documentary. Oh no, no. me neither. No I watched way. a trailer and no was like, way. I am not. Dude, I already saw the movie Leaving, Lo- movie Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. I'm not yeah. watching that in real life. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. Because Leaving Las Vegas just burnt me out. Ugh. That movie was hard to watch. I mean, is that is documentary that a... him? So like, it's even harder because. Well, my time in Las Vegas uh, did feature. Well, you didn't leave it a pine box though, so that's good news for us. <laughs> yes, and a rare loss for Las Vegas. You actually escaped. So. <laughs> um. All right, let's get into 2007. You ready? I do have some some interesting questions for you uh, today. Do you remember? The bridge collapse that happened in 2007. Is that the one that happened outside Minneapolis? Yes. Good the work. I, the I-35 West bridge. It's a six-lane bridge. Yeah. Collapsed into the Mississippi River. Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah, the video is crazy, too. Oh, I haven't seen the video. I don't know if I want to. There's video from the like a, on the shore where you can see people just dumping into the river, and there's video from the driving where you're like, doo, 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 whoop. I mean, oh, like it's insane. Oh my god! I mean, Jeff, you had that with the Bay Bridge a few years. Yeah, ago. I wasn't living here yet, but yeah, the, when the upper deck collapsed on the lower deck in '89. But um... all right, um, wow. Let's, let's let's keep getting depressed. Uh, because this was also the year of the uh, Virginia Tech shooting. Oh. Um, which I, I didn't know until recently that, that my headmaster was teaching at Virginia Tech at that time. Um, okay. So I don't think that's something I'm going to unpack with him. I'll, I'll wait for him <laughs> to bring it to me. That's uh, over 30 students died. That was that was the first. That, I mean, my memory is that was the f- the first uh event with a single shooter and just a devastating unforgivable amount of casualties right and, just, and i mean i have a i have a as a te- as a classroom teacher myself and i'm sure this i don't want to speak for the two of you but i have a okay. particular bee in my bonnet about the proliferation of handguns in america and the easy access to sitting ducks in classrooms like it's okay. just the fact that we haven't learned from any of these at all i find particularly uh infuriating and frustrating but like virginia tech should have changed everything about the way we manage the use and spread and permission to carry small arms like that and Wait, was uh, it, it didn't was it all. a handgun no but it was a. Oh, it was okay i'm sure you can so. still walk around with the gun that killed all those people in certain places with mm. the same impunity i mean i you know so would I, you yeah, have was, us? Would you have us, Jeff Simons, uh, move to England where there are, is not a proliferation of guns? You know what I like is Japan's rule. There are eleven registered handguns that are legal <laughs> in the government in the country really? of Japan, and they are all owned by the Olympic pistol shooting team. That's it. So we could start there and work our way towards the middle, but I like that as a starting point for my side of the conversation. Wow. Admittedly, admittedly, wow. it's strident in my views. <laughs> and it's for me, it's the assault rifles and the automatic clips. And right. the heavy. Like I, I don't have any problem with a shotgun. Like if someone tries to shoot you with a shotgun, there was a lot of time putting it together and loading. And like, you know, you might've done something. <laughs> <laughs> to just pull something out of you probably you just spray a room with a thousand bullets what, and it, what's like, the chris rock bit about oh like, yeah if bullets were a million dollars you probably did something yeah yeah i know yeah, and ut you know I, I teach at university of tennessee and so we've we you get like a whole bunch of training on all of this stuff and it right. just seems it's a little bit 
funny in terms of like the overall societal cost, right? I mean, it's not free to have everybody in the, in America worried about this yep. and training people about active shooter drills. Like that's a mm-hmm. very, very, very expensive thing in time, money, and psychic weight. Yep. Um, and it's just not really an economic balance being struck we, on it. So we had our uh, training today coming right. back uh, to school this Monday. So we had our training on, on such a thing. I actually, um, I tried to, to, to uh, suggest that we should not do it. I actually argued stridently that um, training for active shooters gives permission for active shooters. Like you train for earthquakes, you train for floods, you train for fires, you train for unforeseen natural disasters. I don't, we don't do a gang rape training. Like when the gang, when the, when the gang who's going to come rape everybody shows up, what's our, we don't have a plan for that. You know why we don't have a plan for that? Unforgivable, unacceptable, unthinkable event. And yet, no, actually, I've sadly, it's 11, also because it's unlikely. I have I've done eleven active shooter drills now with the, with this current crop of students because of its likelihood. But yeah. I I hate that I live in a society that's traded uh, a very specific micro set of freedoms for that inevitability. And now I will cede the podcast to more moderate, <laughs> reasonable voices. Yeah, can we go back to the bridge collapse? Yeah, sorry sure. about that. Go ahead. You I, I, you asked. I, I, and I, I fully admit I'm a, I'm a, I have strong opinions about it, but I, I, I'll, at least I own them. People tune in to have their views challenged, right? I mean, that's they? why they think of islands in the stream one way, and then they hear my version. And my gun own. views are the islands of the stream of this conversation. <laughs> that's how strident my gun views are. Hey, look what else happened. <laughs> the housing bubble burst. Oh yeah. I really um don't understand. So Ben Barton, do, do I rely on you for financial news? Oh, totally. Yeah. Economics. No. <laughs> Basically it's all in the big short, but I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah. Like, um, and some of it, you know, like there was like salutary reasons why you might want to do more lending to people who didn't have money to buy houses. But the problem with our version of capitalism is it's like as soon as the government announces that, people just hoover that money up regardless. It's just like um, – and so anyhow, they, they loosened the, the lending and they encouraged lending to people who couldn't afford it. And then the, the, the not surprising thing that happened was they couldn't afford it. Uh-huh. And then um, they would put all these mortgages together in mortgage-backed securities and it was like a shit sandwich – um, where you're just looking at the bread and the sandwiches got bigger and bigger and the bread got thinner and thinner until it was like a, <laughs> like a shit rotini or whatever. Like there's just <laughs> nothing but shit. And uh, then the mortgages inside started to collapse and people were like, well, that's weird. Um, and anyway, I, rec- I recommend the book is outstanding. Uh, I never read the book. Is it good? Yeah, the movie's great. good too. The movie's good. Um, yeah. And basically the whole thing is just like so puzzling and hard. And it's super funny. Uh, my buddy Glenn and I will go out to lunch. And so for, for a couple of years before this, like the Economist magazine had a whole like, this is a bubble, get out of real estate Uh-oh. a year beforehand. And we would have these conversations where I would be like, well, this is like, have you seen this? It's completely unsustainable. And he'd be like, yes, it's also unsustainable. And yeah, we were on top of it two years beforehand. Uh-huh. And then when it crashed to Glenn, I was like, see how smart we were? He was like, no, we were idiots. We would have sold everything two years before the collapse when everybody else made their money. <laughs> we actually had it. We were way too early. Uh, good stuff. Um, all right. Let's get it to a, a quick contest between the two of you, and then we'll get to our number one hit. The Mars lander is Uh-oh. launched in August of 2007. It'll get to Mars. It'll uh, take pictures, do tests, find uh, remnants of, of water. Um, but if the Mars lander launches in August of 2007 from Earth, when does it arrive on Mars? Closest to the date wins. <laughs> ben Bard, we're going to make you go first this time. Because you're always pulling that prices right. Like, oh, I'll take the under. You have right, to so this set- is closest to the pin. It's not prices right. It's not over or under. Okay, okay, that's good. Closest right? to the pin. Closest yep. to the pin. Okay, that and the good. date it took off was what? Uh, I'm going to give you generally August 2007 because that's what I got. And okay, I and so generally- now I'm going to choose when it lands. Yes. Okay. How long does it take to get a craft from Earth to Mars? November 2009. 
November 2009. Jeff Simons. I will say December 2009. <laughs> May of 2008. Ben ah. Barton. Closest to the pin. Is Nicely the closest done. to the pin. I actually was going to guess exactly what you guessed. I, I thought like year and a quarter. Well, so uh, Tim gets his uh, science information from knowing things. I got my science information from the movie The Martian. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that movie. That that movie was like Castaway, but yeah. on Mars, like but with got, science, right? Yeah. Science like the shit movie. out of this. All right, well, let's go to our number one hit. We will get all eyes on on Ben Barton because I don't I don't know how he feels about a person who's going to start this record, and I want to see how he feels. Go. It's the number one hit. Umbrella by Rihanna featuring Jay-Z. Oh, I know this uh-huh, one. It's Umbrella. Rihanna. Take three. Action. No clouds in my stones. Let it rain. I hide your plane in the bank. Coming down at the Dow Jones. When the clouds come, we go. We Rockefeller, we fly higher than weather, and she vibes are better. You know me, in anticipation for precipitation, stack chips with a rainy day. Jay, Rain Man is back, with Little Miss Sunshine, Rihanna, where you at? You have my heart, and we'll never be worlds apart. Maybe in magazines, but you'll still be my star. Baby, cause in the dark, you can't see shiny cars. Is, uh, so that's Rihanna featuring Jay-Z. Is Jay-Z going to make our podcast? Uh, he kind of sort of has, but yeah, he will. He will. Okay. Well, um, yeah, so I, I really like this one. It's super funny. We played the best part of it. The, the yeah. Jay-Z verse is great. All of that stuff that begins it is great. The last two minutes of it is kind of straight vanilla. And there's a, I'll actually have a Rihanna. Ella, Ella, Ella. I'll have a Rihanna bit to come later. She and Drake are like, are, first of all, they're a hilarious couple. But completely aside from that, like, dude, she had a top 10 hit every year, year in, year out, clock in with it. And um, hardest working woman in show business. Like she just kept after it every year, every year, putting on another record. Um and and but basically you're Miles Javeri like like the, the the part of it that's not the Jay Z part is in my opinion relatively uninspired and also uh-huh. sounds like a lot of other songs that came out that year. Right. Yeah. Right. I really don't like the Ella Ella Ella. It bothered me the first time I heard it. <laughs> I love the drum beat. I love the first minute. I'm totally with you. And then like she's 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 remarkable in other things, but not she's kind of unremarkable on this song. Like she can huh. sing. It's not like I'm like oh what a what a biggest hit. Has, the thing I can't get past with Rihanna is how much uh, Jeff Van Gundy likes her. Do you remember? Like, <laughs> I mean, if you weren't me and you watched every single second of the NBA Finals for four straight years while the Warriors were playing the Cavaliers, Rihanna sat courtside a lot. And uh-huh. every time Rihanna sat courtside, Jeff Van Gundy spent an inappropriate amount of time talking about how beautiful <laughs> Rihanna is. Like, it was, like a, it was almost a drinking game. Like, that's awesome. So I, whenever I hear the Rihanna, I imagine Jeff Gan Gundy with his little bald head and headphones on, like so looking excited. for, you know, for game three. Well, I'm trying to figure out what, why I am so unfamiliar with this song. hadn't hadn't heard of it, and then you guys play it, and I'm like, Are you serious? This is yeah. like gargantuan. He didn't know it. He didn't. So, like, he, he sent me the text this afternoon, like umbrella. And I was like, Oh my god, oh, dude, so. Here's what I've the, the thinking I've come to in 2007. I, I told you this is the school year I stay home with Patrick. So I'm oh, not commuting. And, and I, I've moved to a boarding school. So th- I'm no longer commuting. The grocery store's a uh, half a mile away. So I'm not in my car. But also, I think this is the year I first signed up for my Pandora account. And so I just had Pandora 
you know, picking out the songs that I listened to. Like I'd plug in Jenny Lewis and then I'd be on Jenny Lewis radio for the rest of the day. Rihanna does not come up on Jenny Lewis radio. It's weird. Wait, and also Tim, did, did you mention that you stayed home? I did with my child. You stayed home because you love your children. It's yeah. for the children, Tim. I, I mean, what, what I, I just feel like does. you should. I, I don't know if the people on the podcast know that, that you stayed home to be supportive to your wife and your beautiful children. And well, I mean, ben, that's that's well, the ben kind of person out, you are. Ben and I were out spinning around, finding our own kids. Oh, yeah. Dude, to listen, well, if, if they weren't playing this song at the club, I was uh, gone. Yeah. Right. What, oh, what kind God. of monster wouldn't uh, stay over their children? All by right, the way, let's, um, I love that. Like you, you just described a life that either leads to being a much better man than the two of us, or like living in a log cabin, writing a manifesto on one long <laughs> sheet of paper. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know Rihanna's umbrella in two thousand seven because yeah. that's when I put the whole thing together. <laughs> it really could have gone either way. It really could have. <laughs> it's a very small apartment. All right, the iPhone is released, gentlemen. The iPhone it comes out in January 2017. It took two that? years in development. It cost Apple $150 million to make that product. So I'm hoping bargain they, of they're going to be able to make it back. Millennium, man. Do you, so One of my um, favorite things to do is to watch Ben describe steve jobs screaming at people during the production of the of the iphone like ben does this i was gonna go ahead and i was like go uh, trying to figure out whether to do it or not allow me to tee you up my friend because you've made me so my brother is a super badass and he's a museum exhibit designer so he's like this guy he's got his home company and that's what he does and so he's really high design and so he's got a big office in new york and he's got a buddy who works at apple Okay. And he talks to his buddy at Apple and he's like, this is what we do. And, and his buddy at Apple's like, oh, dude, listen, we're going to get you all the highest end computers because we love design. Okay. So he sends them all to Jake. Jake gets them. His whole company's using it. So Jake sends this really nice long letter back to the guy like, oh, I can't tell you how much we love it. This is what we love. So the guy tells Jake, oh, I loved your letter. I love it so much. I almost passed it along to Steve. And Jake was like, oh, why wouldn't you pass along to Steve? And he was like, oh, you you don't want that at all. And Jake was like, what do you mean? And he was like, if I pass it along to Steve, Steve would be like, I love this guy. I love this guy. We got to talk to this guy. Put him on the phone. Put him on the phone. And then Jake would get on the phone and Steve would be like, I got your, your letter about your design thing. I, I really like that. Uh, tell me, like, uh, what software are you using on it? And Jake would be like, I'm using blank. And he's like, why'd you use the Apple software? And he started screaming at Jake. And then he was like, he would repo the computers from you. And then Jake was like, really? That's what he's like? And then the, the designer guy told the following story about when they put in Google Maps. So Google okay. Maps the Google is Maps the first story. thing that they put onto the phone, right? And okay. at this point, Google and Apple were not competitors. Like the Google guys were on the board and Steve was on their board and they're all working together. So the first phone's going to have Google Maps. And uh, if you actually got one of those phones, the Google Maps thing was like just incredible. Like people you know, now accepted as if it's wallpaper. Right, but like that is a time, gargantuan yeah. leap forward for humankind that right. they created Google Maps. It was <laughs> yeah. insane. Yeah. And they <laughs> physically created a digital map of everywhere in the United States. Like it was a yeah. gargantuan thing and they had a tight deadline on it. And they worked so like around the clock, a gargantuan team. It was like creating the pyramids. Like if you read the, the <laughs> description of it, it was amazing. So they get it to Steve. The iPhone is close to coming out. And they're like, you know, they're doing the presentation. They're like, we're really proud of this. We did this. We have 98% of the US covered. These are all the places we oh, do no. it. This is how it triangulates. Oh, this no. is how it works. Steve interrupts and he's like, wait, hold on. Um, you show me the directions feature but I didn't see the pin come and land where you're going to end. And they were like, uh, well, yeah, we, that we couldn't do that. Programming. We didn't have time. And he was like, what are you talking about? The pin <laughs> comes from the sky and lands and that's where you go. And they were like, uh, but Steve, and he was like, no bots, you're off the phone unless you fix it. I want that pin. Click. Uh. <laughs> I decided I judge everybody's micro craziness against uh -huh. that story ever since Ben told it to me. Like, That's a great story. I'm at work and somebody's like haggling over the tiniest detail. I'm like, is this pin in the Google map crazy? 
or is it is it understandable? No, That's when I know when to push back. Is whether right. it, it passes. And this actually this test. echoes our Michael Jordan conversation. Like, yeah, you know, like people look at this guy as if he's a hero, and he was an abusive dickhead. Uh, but on the other hand, though, you know, what can you say? That I'd really like the phone. <laughs> the phone was great. Great. And there is something about attention to detail. So I don't know. It's a weird. It's got great details, great design. Well, can we talk about another uh, perhaps awful human being who had a big impact? I'm uh, sitting right here. <laughs> Jeez, man. Hey um, Phil Spector uh, died this week. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and it was, it was amazing. The BBC's headline at first was, um, you know, uh, talented producer with troubling personal life died. <laughs> it was like, is it, is it the fact that he murdered a woman uh, the first step? Um, but they kept talking about, and I was wondering if either of you could talk about uh, Phil Spector coming up with this idea of the wall of sound. And I didn't know what that meant. And Jeff, I was thinking about what you were saying about the killers uh, and the Zootons and how the Zootons felt like the music was more spread out sonically. Yeah. So I mean, is there a relationship right. between this idea of a wall of sound? Yeah, that's pretty good, Tim. They, uh, the, ah, the, go on. The, the wall of sound idea is like, instead of a small combo approach to pop music, let's bring back the giant symphonic sweep from the forties and the fifties, but let's bring it back without the, the cheesiness, not those like Andrew sisters vocals and just like wet drippy strings, like a Liberace thing. Let's like bring the, the 80 piece band all driving away at the beat. And so for me, the quintessential Phil Spector song is river deep mountain high by Ike and Tina Turner. And so if you want to okay. hear what the wall of sounds like, it's this. <laughs> I was a little girl I had a rag doll Only doll I've ever owned You've got strings and background vocals Full rock combo It's gonna explode in the pre-chorus Check this out But only now my love has grown And it gets So yeah, it's it's uh, it helps to have Tina Turner fronting your hurt. wall of sound. Does not hurt to have Tina Turner, no doubt. Yeah, about Yeah, there's it. like tubos and bassoons <laughs> and a whole string section. It's, it's I mean, 80, it's laugh out loud funny. Dude, there's 84 people playing on that track. Wow, it's, true. It's, it's, it's a four track recording with 84 musicians on it. I mean, it's <laughs> it's an, a remarkable achievement for the, especially for the moment. Like Spectre's working with the what is the highest end technology of the moment, but it's like worse than garage band by a lot i mean it's just really rudimentary stuff and he he was able to create this really symphonic sound that still had a bass and drum beat that still felt like a pop song so that's the wall of sound huh okay that, uh, and if you're going to choose a single track that is inspired by that it's born to run he yes like springsteen was obsessed with the Perfect. wall of sound that was part of the reason why that album was so slow to come out and that particular song you go back and listen to it, all the different parts layered on top of each other. That's what he's trying to achieve, too. Go, yep, give, it, give us 20 seconds. Yeah, perfect comparison. Wow. There's three different saxes just going bong on the bottom, you know. Wait, why does he have three different saxes? Because he's building this. You know, he's Wallace got, out. he's, yeah. See what I mean there? Huh. Good he's stuff. a monster though. Phil Spector's that, a monster and a dickhead and you can't say anything good about him. Yeah, it. and Vidal, Sass Vidal Sassoon will deeply miss him. And the, I assume he's the last one buying the hair products that does that to his head. So. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> um, all right, so real quick, impossible question. Uh, gentlemen, you came on with my uh, students in the Wintram. And for all our listeners, there's going to be a, a bonus 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys podcast. We're going to, we're going to put it out, I think on the Saturday after this podcast, uh, which is great. It's not 50 year old guys. There, there are going to be a lot of teenagers there. 
trying to figure out their favorite Dylan song and their favorite album. Um, real quick, I asked you guys to jump on that podcast at the end. R- were you being truthful and honest with your choices for Dylan and, and with your respect for their choices? I, I, yeah, I didn't lie to the children. Okay. Okay, good. And your but favorite... I- Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. No. I no. I thought I, I said what I thought were my favorites, and and my sense was they liked the record they heard most recently, which I thought was kind of funny. It strikes me as teenagers, like, yeah, that last one we did, that'll be my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also chose. I tried. I tried to create a narrative and a book that they would like, and it did. It helped. I thought they liked Love Six, so that's good. They did. They, they uh, much preferred Ben to me. You're right, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> that was not what I said. I tried to bring a story and bring the children to understanding through a narrative arc where songs related to each other. And you just had your, your opinion. Meanwhile, they're like, who are these guys popping up on our Zoom, dude? Like, <laughs> where are these guys coming from? Yeah, I did not feel like they were super prepared for our preparation. Hey. All your- for all you're like, okay, you just log in and we'll be ready for you. Uh, they definitely like, we're like, what? It's I- I am definitely cutting that. All right, let's go to the invitation to cynicism. I am um, going to say a name, and we're going to see uh, which of you recognizes the name first. Larry Craig. Okay, I'm going to add a title to it. Senator Larry Craig. Is he the foot under the door he in the is bathroom stall? Indeed. I think I blocked this out. Senator from Idaho, a senator for you know 16 years or so, something like that. And what undid him, Jeff Simons? Well, he was uh, supposedly he was playing footsie with a guy at a urinal in a bathroom known for being a place for men to hook up with each other and that that was the signal. Um, and then the person with whom he was engaged in that activity outed him and he just said that he was a wide he was a widespread (laughs) peer and that it was not intentional that he just like he likes a big he likes a big triangle it it was actually an undercover cop who was there as oh right that's right it was because this was such a uh this particular bathroom in the minneapolis airport had such a reputation um and so he pled guilty to disorderly conduct there was uh, no but, relationship between the disintegration of the bridge and this airport bathroom, by the way. Minneapolis uh, yeah. had a tough year that year. I it just, really did. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. I can't wait for those fucking stings. I'm so glad that that's fading out. I mean, oh. like these people can't like the first of all, the fact that you had to go to a bathroom to find somebody to have sex with is like super grim enough. But on top of that, you have to have a fucking police presence there going after them. Talk about a victimless crime. Like, yeah, it just Lord. offends me. It hurts my feelings. I'm super mad. But remember, Craig, I assume that. Right. Craig's that, the reason there was a police officer there. He was a virulent. I understand that. Politician. But I mean, there's like that. I, I get that. But Built I mean, I, like, I, I try and get beyond the part where I'm like vengeful in that in that fashion. Dude, we had a local politician who the same exact thing happened to. And I found that on my heart to feel bad for him. Like, I just felt bad for the guy. Well, like, I, I'm, like, I, I I'm super think... sorry you're a closeted gay guy. And I'm extra even more sorry that you have to go to a bathroom to find people. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that part is un- unnecessary. Yeah, of course. I believe me. I, I I would wish that he was like a closeted gay guy who didn't express hate for gay people. That would right. be right. Preferable. But it that is further proof that the more a yes. politician publicly hates gay people, the more gay they are. I hate and, gays equals I am gay. That is the one of the great lessons of my adult life. And and careful of the wide stance. You know, <laughs> I like a wide stance too, though. <laughs> I mean, at that part, I feel sympathy for urinals are way too close. Also, the trough. I kick, I still can't believe oh. I have to urinate into a trough. Like, oh, dude, the UT basketball arena is the trough. trough right. Is it really still? Oh, why do, why do we hate ourselves that much? My wow. God, you can't. First give of me- all, what a fancy boy you are. I, <laughs> oh, I, if I'm not peeing on a tree, I feel fine. The trough's fine. What's wrong it, with the trough? It's the hip to hip contact that happens in a busy trough at a professional sporting event. <laughs> I don't want to be touching bare hip oh, to see, relieve myself. You're bare not, hip, what you're are you pulling down your pants? Once again, Tim, you're with me, right? Yeah. Here we have a coastal elite dunking on the heartland. Right. There's nothing I like better. Get back to, to your go roots. In, hip to hip, cheek to jowl. Right. In the at the UT football games, we're peeing into the trough, and they've got the the radio going. 
And yeah. if you've been to a UT football game in, since 2008, you know we're probably losing. <laughs> and you can get some really good chat going with the guy uh, who I'm you're sure. right next to. I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, you can also get this thing going. So we're our, our seats are in the lower bowl near where the visitors are. And um, you'll get the near fights in there when the visitors come to go to the bathroom. My favorite one, though, is there's a, it's me and then there's a UT guy next to me. And then there's an Auburn guy next to him. And the Auburn guy's mouthing off to the UT guy. And the UT guy turns while urinating and says, are you talking to me? And the Auburn oh, guy's no. like, you're pissing all over me, man. And he's like, ha, 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 exactly. I was like, that is okay. Okay. That might keep me from attending a sporting event for a decade. I like a clean up. I like privacy. I, yeah, I struggle. I get the, I get the, wow. I get the nervous, like, you know, like I'll wait in line, wait in line. And then like, there'll be a light breeze or something will happen. And my body's like, nope, we will try this again in a month, my man. And I have to just walk out. Not wow. my strongest, not my best. It uh, is feature. indeed 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. <laughs> and that just pretty much uh, sums it up. Hey, don't let's make that, don't make that the thing at the top, please. Me and my, me and oh, my, he's going to cut us. My, fear, cut my us. fearful being. I'd rather that's a buried bonus. <laughs> I wasn't going to, but hey, let's get to our three songs. Our three songs. It's Jeff Simon's going first this week. Oh, I'm about to tee myself up for the for the. Let's go. The Let's have at it. Have at it. All right. So my my selection this year is from one of my all time favorite bands, a band I have loved since 1996. Um, and let's uh, go, Kevin Brown. This is for you. Oh, okay, Kevin Brown. Um, so I'm an enormous Wilco fan. I love this band. I love Wilco even more than I love Uncle Tupelo that this band came out of. And I love Uncle Tupelo. But somewhere around 1999, after Summer Teeth came out, I realized I was moving into a phase where Wilco was my favorite band, like my favorite current occurring putting out music. And like band, I have a tendency to go super fan uh, and I was all in. I've seen Wilco 20 times. I've seen every version of this group from the original AM guys to the, the being there with Jay Bennett version. And then the small quartet that, that survived its way out of Foxtrot. This is the first album where the new current wonderful agree with Ben best version of Wilco went into the studio together. This, this sextet or whatever six people in a band is called that has stayed together pretty much intact since 2004. They didn't make Ghost of Is Born, but they toured it. Then they made, this is the first record. And I don't know why, but this record got dunked on at the time. This is where Wilco started being called Dad Rock and, and uh, all the hipster blogs abandoned them and like, oh, how boring. It was, it was all, the, all the songs that went to the VW ad campaign, right? The Volkswagen ad campaign? No, that's the next camp- one. Is the it? Next okay. one is the VW, right? But, it, but this was the record where they lost the critics were no longer with them. Like every record being there, Summer Teeth, Foxtrot, Ghost is Born, Kicking Television, everyone, huge acclaim. They're steadily building audience. Every time I see them, it's in a slightly better, bigger place. And for some reason, uh, critics got tired of the band at this moment. This is when I think Wilco kicked it into a whole another gear. I am a sky blue sky apologist. I do not get why people don't love this record. I agree the back end is not as strong as the front end, but the first three songs of this record are as good as any first three songs of any record. There, I said it. And this is track three. Um, it is called Impossible Germany. It is my favorite Wilco song. It is like, uh, if, since we talked about the wall of sound, I would argue this is what symphonic music sounds like without a symphony. I think the outro guitar trio of thing that they build on this is as, as, as beautiful as a rock quartet or a rock band playing rock music can sound like yes you can bring in strings and you can throw in 18 horns like but i'm just talking bass drums electric guitar piano like what they build in impossible germany at the end is is as sweet and beautiful and and uh and repeatingly exciting for me as music gets uh this is their signature song live now live nels klein takes this out for a walk every time that the song stretches to eight, nine minutes. And I love yeah. it when they do that. 
but I also really just deeply love this version. And Ben is gonna Ben is is no no I'm gonna be good play. I'm gonna be mixed. But uh, and okay. I and I I don't I don't disagree with him fully. So it, hopefully this will stay friendly. But uh, <laughs> my pick for 2007, I have a pin. Let's I have go. a pin on my book bag right now that walks with me to school and back. And it's a little Germany flag with impossible on one side and a little Japan flag. With yeah, I love this it. This is my song. Here we go. Impossible Germany by Wilco. Let's have, let's have you start. All right. So the first thing I'll say is <laughs> I don't want to go too overboard. This is okay. a, a horrible song. I don't okay. despise this song. I've seen them play this song two or three times live. Um, this song's fine. There's not a world where this is the best Wilco song. Whoops. It's like laugh out loud funny to think that this there's like 35 better Wilco oh. songs than this song. This is a mid-tempo song. And Jeff's going to have to eat that up with sugar on top because this is a classic mid-tempo one. To call this the highlight of a Wilco show is just oh. like, that's a humdinger right there. Um, it's a boring song. <gasps> this record is a, on the clear down slope. Like Ghost is Born to me is my favorite. That's the best. Um, I, I get it. I mean, they, they, at this point, they're still, at least they're still, like the other thing that, that the re, another reason I don't like this is um, this record to me marks the beginning of the end, like clearly. Like they have a lot of slow, crappy songs on this record and slowly Wilco becomes a slow, crappy song band. And the Jeff Tweedy solo records are like nothing but slow, crappy songs. And so that kind of bugs me. And then, but, but just generally, like I just can't believe that this is Jeff's favorite Wilco song. We had this really funny thing where, uh, Dahlia, bless her heart. George is more open-minded to my suggestions. Dahlia <laughs> okay. has always been really hard on it. She's had a hard no. And, and um, I've done a really nice job of not pressing her in my face. Okay. Um, and then she sort of came You're, around. A, Ben's a very good father, even though he never stayed home. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Despite that. It's, it's different, but sure. Okay. So when she, when she went <laughs> to college, other people would be like, oh, you should check out blank. So, so I would get these periodic random texts, like what's what Radiohead song would just jest. And some of them she knew, like what Pearl Jam. I'd be like, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, oh, I do know that. Okay. And now she was like, what Wilco song? So I looped Jeff in. I was like, oh, what Wilco song? And Jeff was like, I'm going to suggest this song. And I was like, she's going to freaking hate, like, there's no, she's going to hate this song. There's really? No, oh, yeah, totally. And Jeff was like, no, no, it's their best song. She's going to love it. She's got a complicated palette, blah, blah, blah. I sent it to her and she's like, th th two seconds in, she was like, wait, what? Like, I don't even, she just didn't get it at all. The lyrics are weird. It's not even clear what it's about. I get it's a pastiche. I mean, the, he's got songs where he's an American American aquarium drinker. Like, I get it. His lyrics <laughs> like, go between story songs and pastiches. Sure. But even as a pastiche, I'm like, yeah, sure, it's hard. Like, lost in translation. Got it. I just don't like this one. I find it boring. And can it I, reflects it reflects the, the 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 bad version of Wilco that is to come. Can I can I push back um along the lines of something I know you care deeply about, which is um guitar playing and yeah. what you think of, of Nels's guitar playing on this song. 
it's pretty, but I mean, again, it's not my favorite Nels at all. It's really not yeah. like, so, and the other thing is like, so keep in mind, I've seen them a bunch of, not as many times as Jeff, but I must have, right. I've seen them double digit times and I really, really, really like Wilco. Um, I like them as a rock act. That's why I like Spider's Kid Smoke. Like that song is the, the weird part of Spider's Kid Smoke is like the weird part of this, but it has a whole four minute ACDC section where I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe how much I love this. And yeah. when I go, I headbang, I lose my mind. I'm frothing at the mouth. Like I can't wait for them to get to the dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Like here, it's just all waiting. There's just nothing ever happens. Uh, you haven't listened to it in a while though. There's more of a build than you're giving it credit for. I understand your, your, uh, I understand all your criticisms and you're right. It's not, uh, I mean, you would expect my number one Wilco song to be Monday or out of sight or uh, one of the big uptempo ravers. I love all those songs. I mean, I, I I'm doing, you said there's 35 more songs. Like there's 40 Wilco songs that I think are as good as songs get. Like this song's yeah. got a lot of company with songs. I really love. It's not like I have like, there's this and two others, and then there's a big drop. But uh, but you never liked this record. And and actually, part of this is residual rage about our disagreement of the last song on this record, which is On and On and On. Oh, that, which <laughs> also sucks. It's literally called <laughs> On and On and On and On, and that's right. what it does. And I think it's the most beautiful song about uh, adult marriage that I've ever heard. Like, I actually, that song, it makes me weep a lot like the way you feel about prince's deliverance i feel about on and on and on and, and wow. from the moment i heard it and you were just like what is the matter with you are you still like <laughs> you should see america you should see his face he's like you're a crazy person this record hit me like a freight train i i think i was just i was in the mood for it like uh-huh. I, I think in some ways in some ways funny ben's like this is the end of scott of wilco right for me. right this record gave me permission to stick with bands for the long haul into my advanced age. Like one well, of the that, things that drives Ben that I drive Ben crazy with is my favorite record of 2014 was the Tom Petty record. And he's like, that's unacceptable. Tom Petty's 70 years old and he's past <laughs> damn the torpedoes. You cannot pick Tom Petty in no, 2014. Not, and flowers I, is fine, but it's also, I mean, you can't no, no, choose I'm talking a, about hypnotic eye. Like, like, no, I'm, no I'm, I'm saying, but you're dragging me back to Torpedoes. I'm willing to go with them all the way into the 90s, but dude, that's not the best record of that year. I know, but it's my favorite record of that year. I can't help it if the guys I've decided to keep, it's like, I might like, uh, you know, John Updike isn't going to write the most important novel 30 years after he writes the one that makes his career, but I still might like it more than the ones of that year that are introducing a new talent. And I, Sky Blue Sky gave me the permission to say like there were a lot of great records that year by new artists and they haven't yet caught up to this masterclass band. I, I think Ben, um, you know how he- But I'm looking now, sorry to interrupt him. I'm looking at the track list for Ghost is Born. And I'm like, uh-huh. oh, good Lord. At least that's what you said. Hell is Chrome, Spider's Kid Smoke, Muzzle of Hummingbird, Handshake Drugs. All it's killers. the first six killers. songs on that freaking record. You're going to yep. tell me that I, I so, like Sky Blue Sky, there aren't, it's not a song that's better than one of those six songs. Like, I mean, this this album is so good. Yeah, but, it's this not, but it's not the it's not this band playing. You're remembering all the live versions. If you go back and listen to a Ghost Is Born as it's recorded, and this is my experience. When I bought that record, I put it in the I was on tour, and I pulled into a like some like like g- gas station to buy it on the day <laughs> it came out. We were in the middle of the country, and I put it in, and I listened to it constantly for three days, and was like, boy, these songs are the best songs he's ever written. And I can't believe he doesn't, he, uh, he didn't get a band in there to do it with him. Like, that's fair. I mean, it is true. I don't like, I never listen to this record. I only listen to the live versions. Yeah. And they're but all the like, live versions of these songs are off the hook. Yeah. They and are kicking television is off the hook too. Unbelievably that's part of the great. problem is well, I, I saw them five, six times in between right. Ghost is born yeah. and the, the album coming out. And also the, my favorite songs on uh, sky blue sky, they played live, you know, like hated here and yeah. walking. Um, they were really, really fun and great. And so when the record came out and there were so many down tempo numbers on it, that bummed me out. You know what? Fair enough. I, I just think, you know, Ben wants us to stay away from talking about death on this podcast. And I think this is just him raging against the dying of the light. Like here's Jeff accepting mid-tempo middle age. No, man, and Ben's like, no. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Meanwhile, 
This Meanwhile, is, I was is, I was ready with Kenny Rogers back in 1980. Like, yeah, middle age, let's go. Oh my this god, this is the equivalent <laughs> of Jeff showing us the pictures of his colonoscopy. It's all the same. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I love disagree that song. completely. This is I, not me obsessed with. In fact, I find this record. I, I mean, incredibly I, I th- uplifting. Right. I think when those guitars get together at the end of Impossible Germany, I just I'm 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 trans transfixed at, at, at what they're doing right there and i just it is super it, pretty but again it, I, like, it's like they're I, bringing nels back into a band here he is going off into some deconstructive individualism and the band pulls him back i mean i, I just think it's beautiful which really reflects in the uh, in the lyrics too like how do you how do you fix something that's broken how do you fix something that's gone off the rails um i mean how do I you should fix, have, i should have you fi- talk about it how do you fix Germany after World War II? Like Germany's a mess. There's a, it's impossible. Um, so I, I love what they do in that song. I love them live. Gosh, I saw them what a year, year and a half ago in in Austin. Yeah. So, but there was a pandemic, so it wasn't this past um, <laughs> this past uh, October. It's October four, and they're just they're still killers. They're just awesome. They're so great. Um, all right, but we're gonna move on. In the interest of time, except for Paul, uh, to Ben's pick. All right, my gal, M.I.A. was born in London. I'm sorry, M. Period I. Period A. Period, and it's Maya, and I can't remember her last name. I mean, uh, she's born in London. Too much. And she's of Tamil descent from Sri Lanka. And when she before she's one, her family moves back to Sri Lanka into the middle of a raging civil war. And if you're on the Tamil side, uh, genocide. And so they're living in the Tamil homeland. I think it's Jaffna is the name of the, the capital of the Northern part. Indy and I actually went to Sri Lanka in 1999. Did we you did really? Like three month trip through Asia and India had a classmate at the Woodrow Wilson school who was from Sri Lanka. And we had like an amazing time. And, and uh, so, I had this like soft spot in my heart for the country generally. Yeah. And so the first record comes out in 2005, Ariolar. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, and it's just super extra badass. She's really, really fun. So she's like this Tamil British rapper. And it's a little bit like the British version of the Fugees where she's describing this um, refugee situation. Oh, basically she lives in, in, in the, the Tamil part of Sri Lanka until she's 12 and then they have to leave as refugees to come back to London. I mean, it gets taken and, over. That's when the Tamil Tigers lose. Yeah, and so lose, she's living right? in London with her mom raising her, and they're living in the, the projects, basically. And her dad, meanwhile, is going back and forth like as a peace negotiator slash rebel, um, and where he gets branded a terrorist by the U.S., and actually she gets refused a visa, which is what the song I'm going to choose is about. Um, and she's just like a hilarious, um, like, John Lennon type person like she's in art school and she's writing poetry and she's rapping and she's DJing and she's doing all these things at the same time the first record's the best that's the one I actually like the best that's not the one I'm going to choose from um, but there's like six different just bangers on the first one second one isn't quite as strong but it does have her single best song her single biggest hit and it's Paper Planes uh, the producer is Diplo who's his own hilarious guy. He's going to come up another time on the list. He's like went to central Florida and it's like an American DJ. And then he ends up in London as a DJ. And then somehow MIA comes to see him and they hook up and they basically create each other's careers around each other. She has other people who produce it, but he's the guy and he's the guy on this song. Uh, Jeff, it's like two twenty. We want to come in in the last bit after the second to last version of the chorus. Paper Planes by M.I.A. M.I.A. Third World Democracy Yeah, I got more records in the KGB So, uh, no funny business You already are
Never heard it. So, Jeff, you will totally know that sample. What's that sample? That is Straight to Hell from Combat Rock by The Clash. And by the way, doesn't isn't it perfect? Yeah. I mean, like that, that sample couldn't be any better. She's like, you know, she's got a whole bunch of different uh, things that she pulls on, including The Clash. And Diplo was like, oh, we should do this. And she was like, oh, no, no, I do dance songs. I do really fast songs. He was like, no, no I'm telling you. This is the sample. It's, it's down 50%. It's much slower than her other material. It's so powerful. I love the chorus with the found noises in it too. Yeah. Like you could complete, like Diplo actually gets to be um, kind of played out in my opinion and where he, where all the songs sound the same, but here you can see him on the come up. Like, first of all, that sample is super badass for a rap song by a yeah. Tamil woman from London. Second, the found noises, like it's like a Bjork record pops in, in the middle of this yeah. pop song. Um, it's great. I saw her at Bonnaroo in 2008, and it was a super extra memorable show. She's a weirdo, as you might imagine. First, she was she announced beforehand. She was like, this is my last show. And so everybody went nuts. And then at Bonnaroo, she's like, I'll never do this again, which I was like, okay, sure. Uh, she called, I don't, she must have called 500 people up on the stage, including me. It was what? like, you she's on a stage? tiny woman. She's very small. And she asked security to leave and everyone just streamed over. And then she was like standing on a chair where you could barely see her. It got completely out of control, but extra, extra, extra fun. And then last I'll say, so this is 2007. My daughters are eight and six and I'm driving them to school every day. And one piece of advice I have uh, is drive your children to school. Like it's great. Yeah. It seems like it's a pain in the ass, but you never get that time back. Yep. And it's it's like weird interstitial time. And like when you're at the dinner table and you're like, how was your day? Even when they're little, they're like, why? What, how am I supposed to respond to this question? <laughs> That's not a helpful <laughs> question to me. But Hilarious. when you're in a car for 20 minutes, there's just nothing to do. But, you know, like you just fill the time. And this was when Super Fun Kids Mix came out. And this was a mainstay for super fun kids mix okay um, including we have a whole dance where we do little pistol shots for the guns and a little cash register for the cash register oh i will never this always reminds me of the girls makes me super happy super super kids mix is that what it is super fun kids mix yeah all totally. right you, you've got to send me the list of songs and i'll put it up on our spotify playlist so the I'll, i will recreate it for spotify yeah so the young that. parents can come to our uh spotify page and, and, oh, and I don't download know about it. That. keep in mind with karate a kick your ass was also okay. a mainstay okay. so okay. i can't recommend this for all parents <laughs> they'll be it's ready to fast it's forward. a super happy progressive fun kids mix Good i love stuff. it it's like pink floyd meets the clash meets uh modern rap i mean the clash are the perfect band to be the background for something that's that's skeeting across all these different cultures like this i love yeah. that song from the second i heard it you know i i MIA and Lily Allen are inextricably linked for me, both because they do a similar thing at a similar moment coming out of London and because Lily Allen does an unbelievable cover of Straight to Hell on the War Heroes record. So, uh, and they're, they're, I know that they are fundamentally different artists and they take a really different path, but uh, there are things about each one of their best records that I admire in the other. So, and Lily Allen, also an amazing Bonnaroo set super memorable that yeah was, drunk as hell oh she but was. great yeah oh but man so she funny. was so drunk i was like i got a bad feeling about this oh, i mean about were, her whole career like and you were right <laughs> you were right you were totally right but it was it was mondo entertaining did i ever tell you about the time stereo mcs came out uh, on stage at this club in boston do you remember stereo mcs sure connected gotta get myself connected, connected. he comes out and the audience of maybe 150 people, we all gasp at the same time. We're like, oh, this man is not well. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know what ever happened to his career, but it, it was the most. Uh, I think we just summed it up in about three yeah, and a half no, seconds. Yeah, right. Jeepers, I, I was worried about him. All right, great what job, you got, baby. MIA is good stuff. I, so I, I've got um, initials as well. I'm not familiar with this band, so I'll have to I'll have to have you guys pull us through. But I remember hearing this and thinking just this is like a cinematic song. Like I can I can picture a scene with this song uh, overlaid 
beyond it. It's by LCD Sound System. Uh, and it's called All My Friends. Oh, Timmy! Really? This came out last year, but I but I almost chose it for last year. You're making me extra happy. I'm dancing. All this right. Is, uh, we're, we're both all in on this. All My Friends by LCD Sound System. Man. I, I have no idea. I, I don't know anything about them. Oh, I love this one. Yep. So audience, this is eight minutes long and it should be 80 minutes long. It just builds and builds and builds. It's the greatest. Way to go, Tim. In fact, let's talk about it. I'll find a spot in the middle to, where you really get a sense of what's going on here. Um, where, where, are they, where are they from? Is this a band? Is this a guy? Wait until we get to the, that's where it starts. You got to give us the, at least the first lyric. Okay. But he's still playing. I totally agree. Let's let's just check back in again, like because it, it goes on. Yeah, Timmy, right. tell so, us, man, what are your thoughts? Wait, is it is it really eight minutes long? Yeah. No, I I I I've got a picture in my head of a ten minute short film that opens with this song, um, and uh, I gotta I gotta just go ahead and and shoot it someday because it's such an awesome song. But I don't know. Is this a band? Is this a guy? I don't know. The where they're from. Yes. Ben, Ben, Ben turned me on to LCD sound system early. Ben, Ben jumped on fast and I've been on the train with him ever since I, um, but yeah, go ahead, Ben. Where they from? You go, you, you go. I mean, I, no, I mean, I don't know too much. Like he, he's, this like, is the, so he's like this, like a New York hipster guy who's okay. in and about the music scene for years and years and years. And he's like a DJ and he and a buddy run raves and he's like taking ecstasy all the time. And that's part of what this song is about where he's like going out all the time. They, they're okay. always out until the morning come and he's getting too old for it. Um, anyhow, then he transitioned into recorded music, which is a really uh -huh. funny move to make, right? He starts on the DJ scene and then he moves into the recorded music scene and he's this notorious um, perfectionist Yeah, to the point where it actually crippled his career and they broke the band up. Aww. I saw the tour for this at Bonnaroo and I was super psyched. I really, really like these guys. And I love this song in particular. Bonnaroo is on central time. And this is even when I was a younger version of an old band, but do they went their Their set started at two 30 AM central. <laughs> They played two songs and then he yelled at his drummer for like 20 minutes. And I just had to go to bed. Like, yeah. and I, I really, oh. really, really liked the band, but he was just like freaking out because the sound wasn't exactly right. And I was like, Oh, this. you're in um, farmland. And they in came back. They came back as headliners. I don't know, five years later and were perfect. Like they played okay. the perfect set and they were great. Um, but but yeah, no it's music for the rock kids. As he says, in one of his other like seminal songs, like, let me take all of what's great about dance music, the repetition, uh -huh. the patterns, the kaleidoscopic, you get lost in it, this kind of yeah. psychedelic totally. thing. Yes. Let me do it, but let me do it on rock instruments with a punk sensibility. And the fact that nobody had done that in a while, I mean, it's, as soon as you hear it, you're like, why doesn't everything sound like this? But, well, it, but also take, it takes people, sometimes you just forget that like, sometimes the best stuff is when you put the peanut butter with the chocolate. And this is just a... <laughs> great version of that okay well it's also but it's got a really weird modern classical music thing yes that piano part where it's atonal Where they're, so where it's great. like they're just like he's like it's almost like he's hitting the keyboard with mittens, but over and over and over again, perfect on a loop with the beat that creates a loop. Uh -huh. um, 
you know, we had the Big Ears Festival here in Knoxville and it's super badass and they have all these weird modern classical people. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh my God, like that's exactly part of what he's pulling out. It's yeah. dance music plus this like weird atonal layer and the looping. Like he's just like all, so many of their songs are based on this concept where it's little tiny simple things looping on top of each other, Okay, which which is electronic music played by humans, which is part of the charm. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's like, and it's then the lyrics like are can and, and new and all those German craft work bands. Like there's some of that in there. There's some New York punk rock. There's some EDM. It's a really, and, and it's all the right pieces of ingredients from those things that can be irritating, like done just right. It's all really right, so I, I got to listen to more of these guys. I'm oh, and, the, and the, the story, the song tells a story and the story is so unbelievably beauty, beautiful. Like he's reflecting back on his life. He wouldn't trade one stupid decision for another 10 years of life. Yeah. Everything leads to this moment and they're going out and they know this might be the last time because they're getting old. Oh, they, they set controls for Heart of the Sun, which shows their age, which <laughs> makes me laugh every single time because I freaking hate that. <laughs> that's the pink floyd song right yeah yeah the one the, and like the the like 68 like the you're the pink floyd you hate the most oh i yeah. hate that so much <laughs> yeah. it makes me laugh really hard that they're gonna go out and that's what they listen to anyhow yeah, it's got all these like little nice touches to that and then what are they hoping for he just wants to see all his friends that's yeah. it like it's such a beautiful feeling to it oh i'm i i win again in 2007 here well, let's slow down with the again but this is your best pick <laughs> Uh, would you agree, Ben? This is his best pick. Like, it's I've her- had a couple ones where Timmy bailed me out, where I didn't get to choose it and he chose it for me. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is a uh, this is a good song. All right, now I'm inspired. Now we shall shoot that film, gentlemen. It's been a great night. It's been well a good done, one. Tim. Well Thank done. You, I will see you all later. Have later on. Hey, and uh, by the time you hear this. Uh, the inauguration, we can say safely the inauguration has happened because we're it went recording through. it on inauguration day. So, indeed. Thumbs up for that. Thumbs up for democracy. I enjoyed that question. <laughs> Woo! All my friends. All right. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid.